Right now we're kind of MacGyvering patient care. We are the only resource really for people in our community and area. You call San Antonio and Austin and they're number 80 something on a list for an ICU bed. We may have gotten a break from high COVID-19 case counts and hospitalizations earlier this year, but ICU beds are filling up again, partly fueled by the more contagious Delta variant. Exact ICU bed availability can vary hour by hour and day by day, but the Southwest Texas Regional Advisory Council, or STRAC, says that they're seeing some ICUs full or near capacity at any given time. In this episode of Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's Five, we're hearing from a type of business that reveals even more effects of rising COVID numbers. Freestanding emergency rooms operate on their own, separate from hospitals. They're different from urgent cares, focusing only on emergency needs and often serve in locations that don't have full hospitals. They may accept different forms of insurance or have different costs, but they offer similar care to hospital ERs and can transfer patients to hospitals for longer-term care. To understand how they've been impacted and what it says for all of us, first we need some context on the lack of ICU beds. We've seen surging case numbers before, but in some ways, the strain on hospital systems and ERs is even worse now. We spoke with Dr. Ralph Riviello, University Hospital's Chair of Emergency Medicine, who explained a key difference this wave. Right now, as compared to a few weeks ago, um, how busy are your ERs looking? So um, our ED has been pretty busy for the last few weeks. Uh, we're usually um, now seeing about 30 to 40 patients more per day uh, than we had been traditionally. How did that compare to during the last big spike of COVID or, you know, just maybe what we would see, you know, what we saw a few months ago? Sure. So it's definitely more than what we saw a few months ago and even more than what we saw uh, in the last surges. Is that just because there is a big surge of Delta cases or are people coming for other things now that they wouldn't have come for before? What are you kind of seeing? It's actually a little bit of both. So we are seeing a number of patients with uh, uh, COVID-related complaints and problems, uh, but also we're seeing people who are coming for the normal things that people come to an emergency room for. In the last surges, uh, those people tended to stay away. They were look, going elsewhere for care or delaying care, but now they're coming in um, just as much as they would on, you know, when we didn't have COVID surges. So I think that combination is really what's strapping our emergency departments. When should I visit the ER for something versus when I shouldn't? Are people also showing up for things that maybe I could just call my doctor for? So we occasionally see that people who probably would be better served at a walk-in clinic or their primary care doctor. Uh, but I have to say, when we've looked at our data, a lot of the people that we're seeing need to be here. Um, but things you should definitely see your doctor for are minor injuries, work notes, um, just a simple COVID test. So if you think you might have COVID, but you're not having you know, severe trouble breathing or severe chest pain or that um, you probably should go to your family doctor, uh, you know, mild abdominal pain, um, urinary symptoms, mild allergic reactions, all of those could be handled in any of the walk-in clinics uh, across the city. 
That's where freestanding ERs come in. Dr. Jeremy Gabrush, a board-certified emergency room physician, leads the emergency clinic in Lavernia, filling the area's need for emergency care. So just kind of talk to me about um, over the past few weeks, what kind of patient volume have you seen as compared to what you would normally see in the middle of the summer? Yeah, we have seen a huge increase in just the daily volume of patients um, from what we were seeing before the summer. Um, and then relative to previous summers, um, an astronomical increase in what you know would typically be normal emergency room volume for the summer. Are there a lot of other emergency rooms in your area? And so um, where do you get patients from? We are the only emergency facility in our community and the surrounding area. Um, we are a, a freestanding emergency center, so we're not attached to a hospital. And yet we are the only resource really for people in our community and area. Um, what that means is that we end up seeing you know, tons of um, urgent and sick uh, emergency patients, especially during this time right now, both patients with COVID and other non-COVID related emergencies. Dr. Gerardo Ortiz is chief medical officer and director for the Lone Star 24-hour ER in New Braunfels. He says his facility is also seeing high volume. It's hard. You have you have sick, you have not sick. Um, you know, the freestanding emergency rooms, nobody wants to go to the emergency room. And so we try to make it as pleasant as possible. Uh, I've been in, in emergency medicine for 18 years now, and um, we try to make the experience as pleasant as possible. It definitely adds uh, challenges when you're seeing that kind of volume. Um, and, you know, the other thing that's interesting is you, you start a shift in the recommendations from the beginning of the shift to the end of the shift from the CDC, from all the health councils, from the American College of American Physicians, even it changes. So it's so dynamic uh, that in six hours, the, the, the recommendations have changed and then you've got patients lining up. So it's, it's definitely been um, a challenge to see, especially with staffing too, trying to keep the staff uh, be adequately staffed, not overstaffed, not understaffed, um, and not knowing when the, the volume is gonna change. It's just overnight. What types of things do you typically um, serve or help with at your freestanding ER? So we can we take care of just about anything that a, that, that a traditional hospital-based ER takes care of. We take care of uh, stomach issues, heart attacks, strokes, uh, car accidents, broken bones, stitches. Um, we, we take care of everything. So we're still, you know, the challenge with this go around versus last spring is that now that the state is open, uh, we're having all the typical ER emergencies on top. And, and then we have COVID on top of that. And so that's where the challenge has been trying to serve everyone and then trying to isolate COVID to one side of the ER so that we're not having the non-infected people with the infected people trying to keep staff safe, um, trying to keep the community going. Uh, those have been the challenges that we've been dealing with. Most of the patients we're seeing right now are COVID related, but actually that raises a concern. Uh, you know, as emergency doctors, we are worried that patients are delaying care or avoiding care for things like heart attack and stroke, um, you know, surgical emergencies like appendicitis, the things that we usually see, um, you know, we, we really want to encourage patients not to avoid coming to the emergency room uh, for those types of conditions. And we also want to, you know, really encourage our hospitals to seek solutions to keep beds available for those types of patients, because we have patients coming in with, uh, you know, emergent and urgent conditions who still need to be hospitalized. Uh, for these non-COVID related issues. And so we need to make sure that we have the capacity to take care of those people as well. 
So we have, we've had first responders, we've had EMS reach out to us about potentially dropping off patients that are not as critical. Um, so we've been uh, approached about that. We have had to hold, so typically if you have a patient in a freestanding emergency room that stays over 24 hours, you have to report it to the state. We've had ICU patients that have stayed over 60 hours with us um, because you call San Antonio and Austin and they're number 80 something on a list for an ICU bed. Um, we've had COVID patients on oxygen that have been with us for up to 20 hours. Um, those have been the challenges. And then on top of it, it's, it's really difficult when you know you have these challenges with the hospital system. And after you've done emergency medicine for a while, you can see when someone's walking in the door, sometimes you can, you can anticipate this person's going to need to be admitted. And you know the challenge, the hurdle that's going to that's gonna occur with getting that patient in bed. So sometimes we'll even talk to the patient and say, listen, I think you might have appendicitis and we're going to need to talk to the hospital, but they would rather stay with us um, for a prolonged period of time because they know that they're going to get the care and, and, and the attention that, that they need. And they're happy to wait with us until a bed pops up, but sometimes it's a couple of days. And I would imagine, even though you are seeing more patients from time to time, you still have room, right? Like if people need help, you would say, Absolutely. go ahead and come and we'll try to help you guys out pretty quickly. Absolutely. We're there for the community. We I can't imagine a scenario where we'll say we can't take any more patients. Uh, we're open. We will make the room. Uh, we will find the staff. We have our staff uh, is so committed. We have people coming in on their days off just to check in and see, hey, do you need do you need an extra hand? I've got three hours. What can I do for you? Um, we have administrators that are coming in and um, cleaning rooms, uh, doing whatever it takes to, to to keep the facility moving. So absolutely, we have plenty of room. Um, at our facility, uh, and we we are there for the community for anything COVID-related, non-COVID-related, uh, we're, we're, we're always there. Yeah, we would always encourage people to seek care if they, um, you know, have an emergency condition. We, um, you know, we are handling the increase in volume quite well, I would say. Um, you know, the one thing that we would like to see solved is um, increasing availability of beds so that, you know, when patients do require a higher level of care, we can get them uh, transferred on out and get an ICU bed for them. That's that's a, an area where we really need to to work on because you know anecdotally we've had patients like I said that should be transferred out in a matter of hours but have sat with us you know on oxygen or um, you know more advanced measures for days while we wait on ICU beds. Is there anything else that you think is important for people to know or anything else big that you've noticed over the past few weeks or months that have that this surge has kind of created? Yeah, I think um, obviously the, the importance of, of vaccinating um, is, is, is our best chance at, at getting through this. I think the other thing that people, um, I think the biggest thing that people need to know is people just don't know where to go. People just don't know where to do, what to do. Um, freestanding emergency rooms, we, we are there for the community. And if anybody has questions, call us. You don't necessarily even have to drop in. You can call, you can talk to us. Um, you know, we've taken care of patients who have needed oxygen, but there are no beds at the hospital. So I've sent them home and had them uh, FaceTime me two hours later just to check in on them and see how they're doing. Right now, we're kind of MacGyvering um, patient care, but we're, but we're wanting to take care of as many patients properly as possible. And so if it means I need to FaceTime you every two or three hours to make sure you're doing okay, then I'll FaceTime you every two or three hours to make sure you're doing okay. And so don't hesitate to reach out and, and, and seek the help that you need when you need it before it's too late.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's Five. To hear more episodes like this one, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or head to our website, kenspive.com slash commerce street. I'm Erica Zuko with producer Kristen Dean. Thanks for listening.